Hi there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Just so you know, this show contains explicit language and some possible adult themes. Listeners under 13 or anyone who could be offended by the subject matter are given caution. Hello, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and this is Good Food for Bad Friends. On this podcast, I'll have a different guest every week to talk about their history with food. Along with each episode, you can find recipes inspired by the featured guest on our website, goodfoodbadfriends.com. Hello there, listeners. Welcome back to Good Food for Bad Friends. Just so you're in the loop, I'm still trying to figure out an official release schedule for this show going forward. As soon as I have that all said and done for myself, I'll give you an update. My guest this week is Dallas Slinkard. She and I were great friends during our college years, and we did many a show together. However, behind the scenes, we loved to hang out and eat. Us theater kids all usually ate in communal environments, so we were used to either going to the cafeteria or getting fast food together before shows. This never really allowed for us to have deep conversations about the topic of homemade food or traditions within our own cultures of food. At times, we would bond over things brought by parents, and even the food we ate at our show strike potlucks, but rarely, if ever, about the food we made ourselves. I suppose it's because in college we don't have the full facilities to cook for ourselves and all that. Luckily enough, though, many of my friends from those days have become great cooks and foodies. Dallas is from Denver, Colorado, and that alone makes me jealous because I love Colorado with all my heart. The food culture there is one of a kind, and I was really curious in our interview to get her take on what makes the food in her home state unique. She and I also love the holiday season, and that is of course part of this episode. I also broke down her episode into two parts. The raw audio verged on over four hours, so needless to say, we had a lot to talk about. Ladles and Jelly Spoons, I'm so glad to present part one of this guest's episodes. Please welcome to the podcast, Dallas Slankard. All right, Dallas Slankard, welcome to Good Food for Bad Friends. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) This show has become now like catching up with people I haven't talked to in ages and then like, hey, you want to be on this show? Like, it, but <laughs> It's so fun, though, because, you know, we get to find things out about each other that um, kind of like I've said previously with episodes with specifically Wesleyan people, we were so wrapped up in our lives doing theater, going to class. You know, you were in recruitment. I was, you know like a I had like a billion minors so like we were always just like go 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 Mm -hmm. and we never ever talked about food really I think so far is like Joan bringing us snacks or the banquet at the end of a strike like that's Uh kind of the only time I feel like we as classmates ever connected or even around food if that makes sense definitely unless there was like an event or like you know, you made quiche for the sake of the quiche. <laughs> that was really you know good. Oh my God. <laughs> quiche is now like one of my best exports. Like I can make <laughs> a killer quiche. Like, That's awesome. Uh, and it's so funny because Dylan doesn't like quiche. He's not really Ugh, an eggs guy. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> so he doesn't like eggs. He doesn't like cheesy stuff. Doesn't like beans, like creamy things. 
Yeah. What? That's it's, insane. It's fine. You know, I love him, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, you know, can love but, him in spite of. <laughs> yeah, but Quiche is definitely, like, it's so it's so funny just why I know how to make it. I don't, you know, I like Quiche, it's fine. But to me, it's just, like, there's so much of a joke connected to it for me. Yeah. Um, for the okay, so listeners, so those of you who don't know, I was in a show called The Wedding Singer. It's literally the musicalized version of the movie with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. And I played George, the drag queen in the band. <laughs> Dallas played Holly. Holly, yeah. And Holly was like Julia's friend cousin. in the movie. Cousin. She's her cousin, yeah. Yeah, and in the movie, Julia lives with Holly. I think I, in the movie yeah, version. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And like the only the only thing I know about the actress who plays Holly in the movie is that she played the new Marsha Brady in the Brady. Yeah, Bunch she movies. was married to Ben Stiller. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So <laughs> like but, Taylor, I think. Is her yeah, something like that. But anyway, so you mm-hmm. played her in the musical. And yeah. so and you and I were already pretty close anyway, just because I was in. Um, well, I was in the orchestra pit for Spam a lot, which was when I first met you when you were a freshman, and you kind of hid yep. down in the orchestra pit for cues. Mm-hmm. And I had to like climb up into the set for a cue. <laughs> it was, I never saw that yeah. show. I've never seen visually that show. <laughs> oh my gosh. I had no idea what the set looked like. I had no idea what the scenes looked like. It's like, it's I, such I a have silly it made show. up in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it twice in my life now. <laughs> So, oh, what were you I'm in a little the Monty Python out? <laughs> was Wesley in your first? First, yeah. Okay, and then and then I did um, another one in Denver. Well, I was supposed to. Then the world shut down a week before we were, opened. Okay, that's right. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, we talked about this. I guess I didn't realize yeah. or connect that was spam a lot. Were you? Yeah, a, yeah. Were you a different part in the second? No, one? I was a, an ensemble girl still. Got it. There's not a lot sure. of women in that show. Anyways. There's one, and it's the right, diva. Yeah. 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 And then, but yeah, in Wedding Singer, like, I think our characters and I mean, us as people definitely like oh. just live on the same wavelength. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Holly and out. George were like the fun ones in that oh, yeah. group of characters. We were the ones yeah. that partied. I think <laughs> even in our backstories, we were like, yeah, Holly and George have seen some shit. Like, they've, mm-hmm. they've we like, seen. Yeah. We were like doing hard drugs back. Yeah, that's right. We were like doing scenes. cocaine. Like yeah. we faked doing cocaine on stage during that yep. show. And I don't think we were ever told to cut it because we still did it. I don't think anyone I... saw. Oh, God, no. It was so funny. That show, that was my very first musical. And that. Oh, my gosh. Very, very first ever. And I was like. I was a senior too. So it was such a weird feeling. Cause I'm like, I have to be part leader cause I'm an upperclassman, mm-hmm. but I've also like, ah, I've also like never done this before. So yeah. it was a lot to learn, but it was so much fun. And you and I got really close during that show. And then we did in the Heights together, mm-hmm. like immediately after. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's like one of those things too. I always say like in theater, you make, you know, your family is like so close, but oddly temporary. And like, yeah. you know, because like you make this family, you're seeing it every, you know, in Wedding Singer, it was literally 12 hour days for two mm-hmm. weeks. And, you know, we would just all be in each other's atmospheres. And then when you get out of the show, it's almost as if like, you know, you're back to kind of that place of like, when am I going to see that person again? When is that opportunity going to happen? But shows afford that opportunity. And you and I 
have had like you and I were the ones that would just die laughing in any rehearsal. Oh, yeah. Like I just <laughs> distinctly remember South Pacific. You and I, I think, had to leave rehearsal because we were laughing so hard because it was Adam singing uh, "Younger Than Springtime." Are oh. you? Mm-hmm. And you kept going, "Are you?" <laughs> And I was, me, you, and Derek, is it Derek? Derek Lindsay. Derek Lindsay. We were just impossible to work with that day. I feel like, so bad for Adam Rice because of how much I just, not poked fun at him, but poked fun at the song itself. No, I my favorite story from South Pacific, I promise we'll talk about food. My favorite story yeah, about it's okay. South Pacific is the night, I had to run shirtless through that show. Not one of my best moments. I hated it because I'm not, I wasn't comfortable with my body at that time. Whatever, you know, you do it because it's a show and it's about being professional. I had to carry this big fabric, like tail type thing. Me and Derek both, maybe. I don't remember. No, it was Brandon Thomas and you. That's right. Because Derek was my dance partner. That's right. Derek had to lift you. Yeah. And he was like, I was not you're taller than me. So, yeah, and I'm like my, my body type opposed to yours. I had, don't have it near the amount of, I could lift Ophelia. That's like the weight yeah. I can lift. I'm like Dallas right. is taller than me. She could literally yeah. jump and it looked like she's in the air. Like, you know, <laughs> fine. The one lifting her, but I had to run on off the stage, kind of like down the stairs into the back of the house. And I stood by where the directors would sit So, and then I would have to run (laughs) back up the stairs onto the stage. Well, there was one night I did the run out fine. And this fabric thing I'm carrying, mind you, is like long, like it's half the length of the stage, I would say. Like, and Mm -hmm. I have to fucking like whip it around my back to get it to not hit the (laughs) audience members and like hit the wall. And then it would catch on the wall because the wall was made of that like Velcro-y type weird sound Oh yeah, buffer. the sticky. And I would have, one night I got it caught and I had to like yank it off the wall. And oh my Jack God. laughed at me the whole time. Like, no, but we, there was one night I ran down to get back onto the stage and I felt some resistance on the fabric. And I was like, I know I cleared the audience. I'm like, there's no fucking way I hit an audience member. But I felt a pull. And I'm like, I yanked. And I'm like, I got to get on stage. I get backstage. And the stage manager had radioed the ASM and said, Wesley, you hit an audience member with your with your cloak or whatever that is. And I was like, oh, no, are they OK? And they're like, yeah, the SM said nothing. It doesn't look like they were hurt. But when I pulled the fabric, I noticed this like two foot long lipstick stain all across <gasps> the fabric. Oh my God. And it was like the like most, you know, Cadillac red lipstick you could imagine. And I'm like, oh, I did hit an audience member. <laughs> oh my God. I don't remember that at all. Oh God. That's I, hilarious. I felt so terrible too. I don't know if I, I probably didn't tell anyone. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, that's not like my story where I forgot to wear underwear during Wedding Singer. Yeah. And I basically went on stage in a jockstrap and had in the dress. And I remember I looked at you and I was like, Dallas, <laughs> like, oh what am I done? And your face was like, well, don't do the twirl. There's nothing you can do now. And I'm like, motherfucker. And I just knelt and I like held the dress. Like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like cinched it to my knees. And I'm like, <laughs> I will not get fired for flashing half of my fraternity in the front row. Like. <laughs> 
Those bitches sat in the front row. I'm like, oh, you yep. assholes. Like, that fraternity just... did that at um, Chicago, too. Phi Capital. They sat front row, yeah. Man. Oh, Phi Ta. They were, you know, they were really supportive of actually going to shows. That was one thing we instilled in our first years as founding fathers. It's like, yeah, they were go to really all the... supportive. We would do like the art galleries too, like because they would do oh. art shows, and those like no one went to them. I always felt so bad. I'm like, no one fucking goes to these because yeah, nobody knows that they're going. No on. one, no one knows there's a fucking art building on this campus. Most people think that's like the maintenance building. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's the <laughs> art building actually. But... I went there one time to deliver a cupid gram, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All four years. <laughs> oh wow! I think you know. I only went into the first floor to do hmm. the gallery walk or wherever they were. Sometimes they were in Smith Curtis, but I don't yeah. ever recall actually going up into a classroom. In that I went building. on the second floor into like a, like a pottery room, maybe. Sure. With the kiln <laughs> and the, like in the, yeah, what, there's like a what's wheel. that movie with, with uh, Patrick Swayze and Ghost. Demi Moore ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The pottery wheel. Oh God. <laughs> Anyway, quiche. Quiche. <laughs> I made quiche. That's going to yes. be the name of your episode. There was, oh, I love, oh my God. If it's not the name of this episode, I'm going to cry. If you come up with but something yeah, better. So, <laughs> no, that has to be it. Like, that's probably the only line I remember from Wedding Singer. And it wasn't even my line. I wasn't I, even in the scene. I just remember, I, I don't remember a lot of my lines. I remember all the songs. But I don't remember a lot of the lines. I do remember that uh, Colton would write really inappropriate things in the notes that were from Grandma that she actually sang oh, to the crowd. Yes. He would write like, "Dear Robbie, I fucked Grandma. Love whatever his character's <laughs> name was." Uh, uh, Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh god, that show. That show was such. A, that show made me realize I wanted to be like a singer. In real life. Well, James Hamrick played a big role in that, too. He was kind of my idol for a long time. He was wonderful in that show. He was. I mean, that that role was was, made for him. He and I, it's so strange. I learned during that show how well our voices can mingle together because James and I Mm -hmm. have very similar sounding timbers. So like Mm -hmm. when we go out loud and so I've always wanted to like record a duet with him because I'm like, he could be like my vocal twin if we (laughs) sing in the correct way. Like we, we know how to do it together to blend. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's super weird to hear it because it's like, you don't know who, you don't know who's singing what part. Right. But except for when I riff and then, oh, that's Wesley. (laughs) All right. Okay. So we're talking about food. We're 15 minutes in. This is better than what I've done in the, in the past. Megan, it was like 45. (laughs) I'm like, oh shit. But, um, okay, so like, you know, I said at the very beginning, we really didn't know a whole lot about each other about food. And I don't think a lot of people at Wesleyan knew that I liked to cook as much as I do that. I mean, you kind of did a little bit because I would bring like cookies and stuff to like the department picnic or whatever. But it was never like a main part of my any of our existences, I don't think. Um, Mm -hmm. So like. I, I like to start at the beginning with people kind of in their journey with food. I ask this question to everyone on the show, um, and it's what your very first vivid memory of food is. Yeah, I have a couple that are like, it's weird because they didn't like stick with me throughout my life, but I remember them when I was a kid. Sure. One of them is um, when my parents were still married, which if you know me, was a long time ago. Um, 
but it was scrambled eggs and maple syrup like okay. for breakfast. I yeah. remember eating it. It was weird. And I was like, I, I don't know why I remember it because that's not something that we like continue to do. And then another sure. one is with my grandmother on my father's side. I don't know what people call them, but you like, you put a piece of toast in a skillet and you cut a hole in the middle of the piece of toast and you like break an egg inside the toast. Toad in the hole. Yeah, sure. That. Yeah. <laughs> that I know that is toad in the hole. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So that I think that's that, the British name for it. I would assume. That sounds pretty British. Yeah. <laughs> that's but actually yeah, that really was, good. Yeah. Yeah. That those two, neither of them like stuck throughout the rest of my life, but I remember hmm. being really young and experiencing those and they just like, I always hmm. remember them. Interesting. That's yeah. so interesting because it's like, I, I, I think you're probably the first guest I've had where the vivid memory is not something that has been a recurring thing or like you know mm-hmm. you've had it over and over and over because it's the vivid memory like right. mine is roast beef at christmas and that oh, i yeah. still do every year like I a make tradition ro- more yeah. yeah like my granddad made it when i was a kid and then he passed away when i was a senior you were actually mm-hmm. there the night he died <laughs> or like he had to he was gonna die remember we were at dinner I and i was like Someone has to get me back to Wesleyan. I think my grandfather's gonna die, <laughs> and it was I like I do remember this because yeah. we had seen a cabaret. That we was the, we had to go see a cabaret because it was required by the department. We all went to Lead Belly, and then I had to. Richard took me back me. to campus. It's just that's ingrained into my memory because of what ended up happening that weekend. Sure. But yeah, but no, he was the he was the one that really taught me all of the the showy food. Mm. But I don't know. I love that it's kind of like. This is an introduction to food, but it's like, uh, you know, have you ever like made it for yourself at all? Or it's no, no. it's just hmm. every I time I it. make eggs, I'm like, where should make that toast egg thing? And then I forget. <laughs> and then I, right. I've already made eggs. <laughs> I'm like, crap. Well, <laughs> yeah. And it's now so I don't like maple syrup and scrambled eggs. <laughs> you know, to no. me, that's like almost like a mistake flavor. Like you put yes. too much syrup on your pancakes and it like leaked over to your eggs yeah, but 100%. I think that's what happened. Me, I realized at 27 years old, you can put your pancakes on a separate plate and oh not have that problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. I've been living life the hard way for 26 my and a half years. always be on a separate plate. And oh it's like they goodness. do that at like IHOP or Village Inn or like wherever yeah. you get pancakes. And I'm like, why did I never put two and two together on that? It's like, and I call myself a cook. Fuck me. Like, like Dylan was like, he's like, really, Wesley? And I was like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't think about it. But I do it That's now because breakfast is a common meal in our home. So, so these two foods. So one was when your parents were married and Toad in the Hole was after, I think you said. Uh, or maybe yeah, in the, I kind think of the it was same after. range. Um, who, so like when you were growing up and like, uh, if I can ask your parents got divorced when you were young, right? Yeah. I was four. Okay. Sure. I never know. Like Mm -hmm. if it, like I'm super open about my parents' divorce. I don't really give a shit. Oh yeah. I'm super open about it. (laughs) Cause I'm like, I'm so glad it happened. Like, you know, like, yes, me too. But, but, um, when you were growing up though, was there like a common meal in each house that you had? Cause this is something I find interesting, especially with dads. Because mm-hmm. I find that the meals tend to like venture into one category sometimes and it kind of cracks me up. Just kind of, you know, yeah. I don't know. Was there like a mom makes this, dad makes this type of situation? Yeah. Well, my mom, 
so I was lucky. Like I grew up an only child. So I got, I got like awesome quality time with both my parents, after sure. divorce, which was really sick. Yeah. Um, my mom and I would always make, um, cheese dogs and tater tots. That was like our go-to. And I think that's cause we were like, I mean, like if my mom's listening, I love you, mom. Like we were kind of poor. So like it was hey. cheese dogs and tater tots. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I still, to this day, will, I would choose that as a meal over anything else. And then my dad, my dad is, I call him a collector of hobbies and he calls himself this as well. So a lot of times he would like get hyper fixated on like, okay, I'm going to make like jambalaya for like a year straight and perfect this recipe. And so I remember, I think he called it gumbalaya. I don't remember what he called it. It's like a gumbo jambalaya mixture. So, okay. To me, it'd be like gumbo just with more rice. Maybe. Yeah, pretty much. And Kinda there's like thicker. a ton of sausage in it. <laughs> yeah. Like overdoing yeah. the meats. Sure. Yeah. Jambalaya yeah. has a lot more meat than gumbo does. Yeah. So, yeah. and maybe so, yeah, he left, out, maybe he left out the okra because that's I, in gumbo and that's the thickener. Yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> Okra's, I've never had okra. It's basically, so it a, it's like, it's a slime filled pod. That when you cook, it leaches all the sliminess out and it it's a thickener for whatever you're cooking with. Or you can fry it or pickle them. Pickled okra can be really good because then they're not so slimy. But mm. it's my grandmother was Southern and she like loved fried okra. She would cook fried okra. And so that's a remembered flavor for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my dad ever had her fried okra. I should ask. I've definitely him, heard of that as more of a southern thing. She's from Kentucky, so okay, there you yeah, go, yeah. But anyway, yeah, so he would make. It, but... So your dad would fixate on like one food stuff for a whole year, <laughs> then... or just one hobby in general. He like sure. made wine for a long wow. time, like in our half bath downstairs. <laughs> <It's> super <laughs> like. It's kind of trashy, but could I whatever. get what's your? Oh my god, I'm forgetting your dad's name, which is so. Yeah. Jeff, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get some Jeff vintage mailed to <laughs> <Absolutely>. my apartment? <laughs> yes. Well, it's funny though, because my dad used to collect all these hobbies and I all want this the half food. bath blend. Perfect. I'll let him know. <laughs> my dad actually wrote a cookbook. What? Yeah, oh my God. It's, called, We're... it's amazing. It's called Cooking on High and it's a triple entendre. So, like, we live in Colorado and it's yes. cooking on high altitude cooking at high temperatures and cooking while high. Oh my God. You know what I need to do? And he has like, like hundreds of books still in his basement. So listeners, if you want a book, I want one. I want one. Okay. I will send you the link and then you can kind of share it out. (laughs) Give me your dad's Venmo. (laughs) Okay. Hey, this is Wesley from Dallas's college. (laughs) Give me your cookbook. He'll be like, Wesley, come visit. Where are you? I miss you. (laughs) he doesn't want to text me that (laughs) (laughs) i will come to colorado and smoke with your dad and make good food though that hell yeah would be so much fun (laughs) i mean it's it's so funny it's like um not to interrupt your story um but like we it's so funny like reconnecting with people it's like i definitely want to cook with everyone because a lot of people we went to school with are pretty decent cooks like you know, mm-hmm. especially the people who like, you know, live in larger cities, you know, like you. I mean, De- you live in near debt. Are you in a suburb of Denver? Are you in Denver? I am. I'm in a suburb of Denver. OK, for sure. Yeah. I like Denver is a great food city. I mean, mm. 
Say yeah. what you will about Denver itself. I hate the airport, but I, <laughs> it's just, I had to spend a night in that airport once and it was awful. I'm so sorry. Like, ugh. it was, I was flying to Montana and it was like the only airport I could stop at. But I mean, yeah, yeah Frontier <laughs> Airlines. It's like, oh no. It's the only airline literally that was under like $700 to fly. <sighs> Cause I went to go see Brandon Kirchkassler. In oh, Helena. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, and I had to fly to Missoula and he had to come get my ass. It's like an hour and a half drive, you know. Oh my God. Helena's airport is basically a field. <laughs> like it's, you know, <laughs> a field you and a shack. You just land on someone's farm. Literally. Yeah. And Brandon, <laughs> I know, is listening and he's going to be like, you're not wrong. <laughs> like he's going to be like, you're a little wrong, but you're not off. Like <laughs> that's funny. But um, anyway, no, I Denver, anytime I, I went, used to go to Colorado with my family, like every three years, maybe every other year we would go to Estes Park. We would go to Boulder. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'd roll through Denver, but I had friends living in Denver in college and I went to visit Denver really for like the first time. And my God, the food scene like blew me away. I was just yeah. like, there's so much to try. And I was like, who would have thought in this like mountain city, you know, there's all <laughs> yeah. this stuff. And Estes Park is a great food city too, even though it's super touristy, but mm-hmm. uh, I just love and miss Colorado. That's like the first place Dylan and I want to visit because he's never been there. And oh, yeah. I remember you telling he's, me that. He's never seen the mountains. And I'm oh. like, oh, my gosh. So <laughs> like, beautiful. <laughs> uh, and he, I want to take him up into Wyoming, into the Big Thompson. Oh, or not nice. the Big Thompson. The 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 uh, big, what are those? The They're like the, oh, shit. I don't purple know Mount, they're, they're, they're Purple Mountains Majesty. That's like the lyric that they come from, but I forget what they're actually called. I wish I was more helpful. I I've no driven idea. through them. They're they're gorgeous. And I love Estes Park, though, too. I always drive up to, like, uh, Pikes Peak on Trail Ridge Road. Oh, and nice. get scared of my life because it's, like, a 20 million foot drop on either side oh, yeah. of you going up that. But anyways, yeah, love Yeah, Austin Colorado. lives down there. He lives, uh, he lives in Colorado Springs, and so he's right mm. up to the peak down there. I have some friends in Colorado Springs right now. Uh, my One of my producers, actually, is living there, and... Oh, uh, cool. It's it's like all of our friends that have been vaccinated. My vaccination date is Friday and I'm so pumped. Oh my gosh. But most of our friends have already been vaccinated so they're already kind of visiting each other. I'm like, I want to go to Colorado. Like, uh, yeah, I got vaccinated apartment. like t- uh 3 weeks ago now. Nice. And um I'm actually going out going to Mexico in 2 weeks with a few Wesleyan people. Laura oh, wow. Weiss and her husband are coming, and then Leah Cardness and her boyfriend are coming Leah. with us. Leah. Oh, yeah. my God. I miss her so much. I should have her on this show. <laughs> she, oh, absolutely. You should have her she and can... her boyfriend, Bo, because they cook all the time. Oh, together. my God. I, and they're cooking like... for us in Mexico. I'm so excited. I love yeah, Leah because she and I could like speak our Spanglish together. <laughs> and my Spanish wasn't really good in college, and I don't know. I don't remember if hers is very good at all. She can speak Spanish, like, decently, I re- if I think. Or she knows I words. I honestly don't remember. I think she, she can or not. Maybe she can't, and I would just bother her. I don't remember. But either way, I miss <laughs> Leah. I remember I, I, I kept it. She kept wanting to get a perm, and I kept telling her that her hair couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm like, don't her do it, so Leah. Her so long now. I know, and it's gorgeous. And I remember she yeah. wanted it long, like all mm-hmm. the time. And I'm like, 
She's like, it will grow. And I'm like, well, stop fucking perming it. <laughs> that, that we'll keep it from growing. I know. She actually got just perm- got hired on with my company. So we actually work for the same company right now. Oh my gosh. From yeah, so- dorm roommates to coworkers. I, don't know, I so- know. It's <laughs> oh, crazy. Man. But yeah, the trip we're going on is actually through our company. So nice. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. But we're all vaccinated. Well, I mean, my boyfriend isn't, but everyone else is vaccinated. For the trip, sure. So. Sure. Yeah. So I'm no, excited. it's nice. I'm getting the Pfizer vaccine, so oh, I have nice. to get a second one. But nice. um, I'm getting. I got yeah, the going... Johnson and Johnson. Ah, see, <laughs> and I wonder if they're going to put it back on the market because it's like, I don't know. Either way, so. there's like I, hope I, I didn't on... get it for no reason. <laughs> No, I mean, they still, they, it's still effective, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I guess there's just extra dangers with it. But uh, no, the United Center is like the big place to get it done here. And they literally oh. had open appointments all week. And I was like, okay, I'll just go get it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be nice. Um, yeah, okay. I had some gnarly side effects with mine, though. Oh, no. I'm worried. My brother got his, and he said that his arm was just really sore, and he was just really tired. I haven't heard any bad things after for the people that got two shots. I haven't heard mm-hmm. anything negative after the first one. But right. after the second one is where, like, the chills and aches and fever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had oh. all of the, every symptom they tell you you could have, I had it. And, like, in a matter of, like, two hours, it went from zero to 100 oh, back no. to, like, 25. Oh, God. It was terrible. That's Worth awful. It, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your body is literally put through the ringer, and then you're just like, yeah. I can't. Uh, oh. Yeah, it was, I was, like, I was in my bed, like, in, like, layers and layers of blankets and stuff, and then I had to text Austin, who was down in my living room, and I was like, SOS, need more blankets. <laughs> he comes upstairs with, like, three more. Oh, oh it was no. terrible. Oh, no. See, I'm just wondering what it's going to be like, because I don't react really any any bad way to like a flu shot. And they keep saying, like, if you don't get a lot of reactions, you probably won't get a lot of like side effect. I don't know. I'm just excited that I'm actually going to get it because for for the longest time I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be eligible until I'm hired back at work. Right. Luckily, Mm -hmm. I am, though. So, yeah, but Anyways, we're talking about your <laughs> your dad's cookbook that I have to buy now. Yeah. And yes. so your dad has a cookbook and that's mm-hmm. amazing. So with and your mom had kind of just the you said what was it? Was it chili cheese dogs or was it just no, cheese just, dogs? It was literally just like a hot dog in a hot dog bun with American cheese, like a okay, oh, yeah. in the microwave. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. No, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, my I mean, mom and hey. I didn't like cook a lot. My mom wasn't a huge like cook or baker because Mm. her mom it was such like the classic 50s housewife so like my grandmother taught me how to cook and Uh, she didn't really teach my mom kind of stuff because my mom was a troublemaker growing up sure i think i remember your mom telling me that actually Mm -hmm. because like yeah no that's sort of how in a way that's like how my family is like my mother didn't really learn how to cook from my grandfather or my grandmother when my mom's mom was still alive. Cause my mom's my, my real grandmother, my biological grandmother died when my mom was 15. 
So mm-hmm. I never met her. And mm-hmm. but she never learned how to cook anything like really except fried chicken. That's like the one thing she learned. But Ooh, there we my go. aunt learned everything. But I'm kind of like in the same boat as you or like I was the grandchild that I think just either like paid attention or <laughs> I just had a general yeah. interest in cooking. So mm-hmm. I was the one that in, that definitely inherited the aptitude, I guess, for it. Yeah, that's definitely how it was for me. <laughs> this is funny. It's your mom was a troublemaker. Oh my uh, god, such a troublemaker. <laughs> and it's and like she will tell you stories. Oh my god, talking. Your mom back. cracks me up. And it's like I oh my gosh, she always recognized me whenever she was visiting the school. Like it was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, it's Dallas has mom. Like but um, <laughs> even last yesterday we were talking and she was like, Do you want to get dinner tomorrow night? And I was like, I can't. I'm uh, recording a podcast with Leslie. And she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's so much fun. <laughs> Your mom actually bought me dinner in New York City once. With we, Chad Simmons. With Chad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember. And I felt, I was like, you don't have to pay for my food. And she was so nice and like, no, don't worry about it. And I remember we yeah. went to the, it was like a burger joint we were in. It was a really, like, strange restaurant. Uh huh. And I guess, like, you know, then we were like, eh, this is New York City. You know, like, what do we yeah, know? Yeah. We're from the Midwest, <laughs> you know. When you wake up in the morning and get ready for the day, what's the one thing you're sure you won't miss? Well, according to the National Coffee Association, if you're like 64% of all Americans, you're probably going to have a cup of coffee. Hi, my name is Richard Eisloffel, and I love coffee. I've been drinking it consistently since I was about 15 years old and have worked off and on as a barista for over four years. Though I haven't worked in the coffee field for some time now, I've recently took an interest in knowing more about coffee its origins, its history, its chemical makeup, how we get different flavor profiles, and its current cultural status. To do this, I turn to my best friend of over 10 years, Wesley Van Hoosen. Hello there, I'm Wesley. He is probably the most well-read person I know. Books have always been a part of his life, and I know that, like myself, he has a thirst for knowledge. So I asked him one day, Wesley, do you know any good books on coffee? To which he responded, No, actually, none that I've ever found. And I have to say, that took me by surprise. You would think out there, somewhere, is a manuscript detailing everything you need to know about coffee, from how it's made to how it made its way into the fabric of our society. But no, there really isn't. So that's when Wesley and I decided to do it ourselves. Welcome to Coffee's On, where every episode we'll learn something new about the marvelous beverage that is coffee. In this popcorn-style series, we'll use every episode to do a deep dive into some facet of coffee consumption or production. And with every episode, we'll be trying a new brew of coffee, so we can continue to open our palates as well as our minds. In addition, we'll close each episode with a fun fact, myth, or legend about this magical drink. So tune in during your morning routine, daily commute, or afternoon pick-me-up, and we'll tell you all there is to know about the most consumed beverage in America. You can listen to Coffee's On on Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network.
had like the craziest roommate situation when I moved here because I lived with Aaron Mann and three guys I didn't know (laughs) who ended up becoming like big brothers to me because I was the youngest in the house and I was so emotionally fragile when Mm -hmm. I got into that house. And, you know, it was just like they were so nice. They were like, they were like the guys were like, Wesley, why do you hate yourself so much? You know, don't hate yourself so much. And they kind of took me in and. And yeah. so, but no, my roommate situation was so funny because then I lived with Aaron for like two and a half years. And oh, that's it's like, awesome. I never thought I'd live with Aaron, but he was like the chillest roommate. And then I live mm. with another girl here named Olivia, who I worked at Olive Garden with. And she and I were like, she's still one of my best friends, but oh, she was awesome. hilarious. But like, no, it's so funny. Like, I never really lived with any other Wesleyan people other than Aaron like that's crazy yeah the chicago people some of the chicagoans all live together but i just was kind of in a different group and but uh, yeah no it's wesleyan really stays together in new york yeah that's what i've noticed we're bad about it here in chicago (laughs) it's like hey you want to go get pequods once in a year and a half (laughs) you know (laughs) like where when someone's moving away (laughs) like that's yeah yeah no, it's tough, though, because a lot of people here have, if they haven't gotten out of the theater game, they're really in the theater game. And so mm-hmm. they're hard to hang out with. And Yeah, because they're busy. Yeah, especially like Kelsey. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. When we're not in a pandemic, she's doing shows like every week. Yeah, the Chicago people, we're all doing other shit. It's just kind of a different mm-hmm. vibe. And even then, a lot of us don't stay here. A lot of people yeah. kind of come and go. I think the only like... Nicole Stoll, I'm mm-hmm. close to Kelsey Richard. Aaron, yeah, no, there's a lot, there's a lot of us, but like I don't really know their lives, but <laughs> oh well. Yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, I'm like doing a horrible job of hosting this podcast tonight. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Um, I like want to talk about everything but food apparently today. It's okay, um, we can do both. That's fine. Yeah, I don't care how long. It is. <laughs> do you have a time limit, by the way? Just so I know no. if I okay, awesome. <laughs> no, I know. Awesome. Tomorrow I have to record a show. We're recording our first episode of our coffee history podcast tomorrow. I'm sorry, I'm really, you're what? We're we are writing a podcast about uh coffee, like the history of coffee. So that's so cool. He and I, when we went to Germany, we like wanted to start you and Richard? Me and Richard, yeah. Nice. He and I went to Germany. The week of the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, it was a great time. You know, I don't, I don't regret it. It was just kind of scary. But um, we kind of decided it's like we want to do a creative project together because mm-hmm. we hadn't since college. And, you know, yeah. and we decided to do this podcast. And it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to research coffee. I love coffee. It's like, oh, oh my God, college. I became obsessed with coffee. Like, yep, I feel you. I never drank coffee prior to college, like ever. I, I like really? never. And my, you know, my parents really didn't let us growing mm-hmm. up. Like, obviously, when you're children, you can't have a cup of coffee. You know, <laughs> yeah. if we had a thing, if we had a thing, it was called coffee milk, where it was literally like a shot of coffee and a glass of milk with a like a teaspoon of sugar. Oh and like, gosh. that was what we were allowed to have. I don't know if that's any better, but like (laughs) I didn't really have a cup of coffee until I think maybe like high school and I didn't like it. And I was like, I I didn't like like it growing up either. I was like, this tastes so gross. Something clicked. It was like it's it was the coldest winter my freshman year of college. It was 
freezing that year, and I don't know why. We got like two feet of snow, and I just remember like I had to pull all nighters, and like I don't know, I was terrible about I was terrible about studying because mm-hmm. you know we were constantly rehearsing, and I would much rather rehearse than do my homework. So yeah. you know. Here I am. It's 1130 at night and I'm starting my homework, (laughs) you know, like we've all been there, you know. Oh, yeah. And so that was when I was like, "Uh, well, the library sells cheap coffee and I'll just get coffee. Mm -hmm. And then it evolved. After that, I like had to have a coffee maker in my room. And, you know, I never looked back, really. It was like I have to have hot coffee with me all the time in the wintertime. And then I discovered iced coffee. Uh, and then I really that realized stuff is like crack. I geez, can't. I, us gays, our blood is iced coffee. <laughs> like, oh my god, me and Dylan drink absurd amounts of iced coffee. He'll make a pot of coffee and turn the coffee maker off as soon as it's done to let it cool off, and then it's he'll just pour it on ice and oh have my iced gosh. coffee. I have a like a cold brew maker. Oh, uh, we need oh. one. We need. We should I just commit cheap, at this like, point. Dillard's or something. It's oh. It's heaven. Dillard's. R.I.P. Yonkers, man. <laughs> Yonkers. So it was, bummed out. It was called something else here in Chicago. It was called Carson's. Hmm. It was like Carson Perry Scott or something like that. It was a we- it was the same thing that was Yonkers. And That's crazy. when you because when it printed the receipt, it said Yonkers on the back. And I'm like, oh, this is the fucking Yonkers. <laughs> but they went out of business oh and I was so sad. I was surprised. I'm surprised Dillard's is still in business. Honestly, like at all. My mom and I went there. Um, I think it was after like after Christmas sales. Yeah. And yeah. It was the busiest department store I've ever seen. And I was like, and it was like young people. I was like, mm-hmm. you realize this is department stores for like grandmothers. I think like, the I'm reason here to look at jewelry. <laughs> grandmothery clothing is like the in thing on TikTok and like I'm so wearing angry about it. big baggy clothy cardigans with baggy like clothy pants and that's the style now and I'm like fuck you guys when I was in school when I was coming up it was fucking tight as shit jeans like yep. squeeze into my jeans anorexia and you know like you know yeah. I had to I mean remember the like the buckle that was really big when we oh were growing up, buckle. still Beju- exists. Bejeweled ass pants. Yep. Oh man, and then the shirts that were like kind of tie dye, but not. Do you remember the fact that? that tie dye is coming back makes me want to pull my own hair out. I know like, the stuff that's cool now is the shit I wore when I wasn't a cool kid. The stuff that's and I'm really cool. butthurt about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When I was growing my hair out for the first time, I begged my mother, do not give me a middle part. Train my hair to have a side part because uh-huh. middle parts are the dumbest looking thing. Guess what's fucking in style now? Middle parts. Yeah. And I'm like, if I still I look dumb. If I more Gen like, Z be like, middle parts are in, side parts are out, and stop trying to say skinny jeans are in. And I'm like, y'all... You don't understand. We went through the gaucho phase. We went through the hip hugger jeans phase. Yeah, I finally have something that makes my butt look good. And you're going to tell me that it's out of style. Well, not only that, but hip huggers created like a whole swathe of people with eating disorders. Because only like 1% of the population can wear them. Like, and it's Beyonce. She is the 1% of people, (laughs) all of Destiny's Child. 
They are the 1% <laughs> of people that can wear hip hugger jeans. It's so frustrating. Or God like they damn it, Mariah. Photos of like the 90s red carpets. And I'm like, for the love of Pete. If we, ha- <laughs> if we ever touch back into PC bangs and like, I, I don't I hope I don't think the eyebrow movement is gonna change. I think thick eyebrows yeah. are here to stay. But in I the nineties, so I mean, my mother's eyebrows have not grown back because of the nineties. They would shave them and then just like draw a singular. Oh, my mom had, you know, my mom had the like little I call it the little China doll brow. <laughs> <laughs> which she thinks is so mean. Like, but I know exactly what you're is, talking about. <laughs> but it is. If you look at the cover of Mariah Carey's Daydream album, it's that eyebrow. It's the yes. one curve. It's a very uh-huh. shapely curve. But my mother's eyebrows, you know, I'm sure from plucking them for years, too, through the 80s, oh, you know, yeah. they probably just won't grow back. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. It's permanently gone. And it's, but yeah, no, it's so weird to look at stuff, especially like when I was born in 93, so mm-hmm. I faintly recall 90s fashion that like my mother wore. So to yeah. me, 90s fashion is like pantsuits and yep. like babies photos look like you're going to the office. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sweater, sweater vest and khakis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't get it. Fashion's weird. And now I, you know, my my thing is I always wear straight jeans with a black t-shirt that never mm. goes out of style ever ever <laughs> ever yeah mine is skinny jeans with a sweater nice yeah. fashionable sweater i will always wear sweaters my boyfriend's like you don't need more, you don't need more sweaters like you you shut the hell up because i always need more sweaters oh my god I you are them. queen of sweaters that's so true <laughs> i love sweaters wearing one right now they're great yeah they're great i try to find decent men's sweaters Oh, my God. It's so I will say men get gypped in the sweater game. Oh, my God. Well, it sucks because like it's so they're made for like one or two body types. Mm -hmm. And it's like either really tall and thin or really short with no like chest. Like you're like, there's not enough fabric to cover my torso. Like it's literally (laughs) like a midriff. And I'm like, I am not Britney Spears in like circa 1999. need to leave. I don't know why every like five years crop tops like there's a there's a battle for crop top like stuff. Yeah, stop. here I don't know. See, the thing is, is I want to have a six pack and be the gay that wears crop tops. But yeah, I support that dream. But, but I can't. <laughs> I just don't understand. Like I get them in the summertime. That's mm-hmm. the only time I understand them. Mm-hmm. But even then, I feel like I'm sad that the bustiers are out in fashion now because that was a great fashion movement when like kind of like bespectacled bras were in I'm like oh my god everyone's dressing like Selena and it's great mm-hmm. like but oh, now yeah. that's out you know uh, damn but just no, give fa- it a year. fashion's so stupid as soon as we're I bet you fashion will change like as soon as everyone's out again and it's mm-hmm. gonna be like I don't know everyone keeps advertising like leisure wear as the next oh, yeah. big trend and I'm like no 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 I don't think people are going to want to wear pajamas to work. Like, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I would. See, I'm I know full well when I get hired back on as a server, I'm going to be basically in what I'm wearing right now, a black t-shirt <laughs> with jeans and boots and an apron. That's our unit. That's like the most universal uniform. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't know. It's fine. 
See, I feel like guys <laughs> with long hair get away with having the side part because yeah. it's like a guy. It's like guys don't have to be that aware. But no, my brother has a middle part and he has kind of longer hair. Oh, and no. I'm like, he has facial structure, though. He he is. Oh, he's the he's annoying. the cuter one. <laughs> yeah. My brother's like the hotter one. <laughs> Damn it. I, I had to fucking I'm glad work I don't for have it. Siblings. He's 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 young. <laughs> he's 21. I just get to say that I am the hotter one because I don't have any genetic siblings. <laughs> so I can't lose sure. to anybody else. That's fair. That's what I'm That's thinking. Fair. Well, I technically can't lose to him cuz he's straight. So <laughs> like so fair it doesn't enough, really doesn't enough. really yeah. And I don't know. It's it's so funny now because like I I have a boyfriend that like constantly tells me how attractive I am and I'm that's foreign to me. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm just a tub of gay like <laughs> that just walks around and eats pasta. But, <laughs> but no, it's nice. But that's no, funny. having a sibling that's attractive, it's tough because now he's really jacked and I'm like, I have to like get into shape because <laughs> I will like, not damn be, you. I will not be Miles's fat brother. Like <laughs> won't do it. <laughs> I just had to start taking my health like way more seriously because I got blood work done and mm. I have really high cholesterol. Oh no. I'm 26. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's rude as hell. Now I like <laughs> can't do as much red meat or like full fat dairy or yeah. egg yolks. I'm so upset. Oh man, that sucks. It is real though. <laughs> yeah. Like once we get older, there's just things that like I know that when I meet with a nutritionist, it's going to be like I have to absolutely stop eating certain foods. Like just mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. And, and mean, it's like, not just like oh for a time. It's like no forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally yeah. if you eat it, be prepared to be in a lot of pain mm-hmm. type of things. Like I know red meat's going to have to go. Yeah. In its entirety, which makes me really sad. Especially as a cook, because I like cooking with red meat a lot. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's a distinct flavor. Yeah, but absolutely. Everyone's pork, like, just do ground turkey. It's not the same. It's not the same. Pork. I can't. My heart isn't as happy. And ground beef where there's fat is water with ground turkey. So you're basically mm-hmm. cooking with water and right. a really dry poultry that's been ground yes. up and infused with fats. And so... I don't really buy the argument the ground turkey's any better for you. <laughs> and, you know, Honestly. unless it's like organic, all natural. But a lot of the ground right. turkey you find in the freezer section is pumped full of stuff to make it taste like beef. So like 100%. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. For me though, it is going to be hard cuz I will have to cut red meat. Dairy's going to have to go. I mean, it sucks. I mean, and it's like certain dairy though, like milk basically. Yeah. Like That's I do like enemy. almond milk and stuff now. And I mean, you will not yeah. take my full milk creamer. I don't fucking no. care how high my cholesterol gets. You're not taking that from me. I'm not See, giving it up. And it's weird because like there's certain things I can drink and I'm fine. Like half and half. I have no problem. Mm-hmm. No problems. Butter is a death wish for me. Like really? if I eat something that has a lot of butter to it, it's... I will have the worst stomach ache of my life. And buffalo sauce is like number one on that list. Because it's basically Frank. it's Frank's Red Hot whisked with butter. 
Yeah, and, yeah, that's and true. And <laughs> like hollandaise sauce is butter and egg yolk. Like it's yeah. you know, so that's really something you couldn't eat. But like, oh yeah, definitely. No, but I, like I you know, die. it's it's things where I'm you know just knowing how they're made and like having mm-hmm. been in a restaurant environment, working breakfasts and dinners, and working with chefs, you realize how fatty food really can be. Oh, and, yeah. you know, my chef was not the health. I mean, of course, he made good food and food that wasn't like going to kill you. He didn't intend to harm you, but he was not <laughs> conscious of using, you know, less. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like less nutritious fats. Like he didn't stay away yeah. from that. Like if he mm-hmm. wanted something to taste like bacon, he would use bacon fat if he wanted, <laughs> right. you know. But it's one of those things where it's like you just learn like, damn, fat is flavor. And it sucks when, you know, you start, oh, me, I I hit my heaviest almost during the pandemic. I got up to like 230 pounds and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't be this big. Like it's my frame literally will start to give out like yeah. my back I mean, will hurt. My that knees was the will same go out. for me. Mine was the pandemic mixed with being in like a healthy relationship. <laughs> that too. Oh yeah, I was like, no. Happy healthy relationship. Eat a lot of fucking exactly. food. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, me and Dylan's like, hey, you want to get wings? Stop. Sure. And like his yeah. metabolism is better than mine, and he he's a dog walker, so he mm. literally walks dogs all day. And I'm like, and then he, you know, he works out. Me, I play Rocket League and Minecraft. <laughs> So in and read books, I read books. I work out my mind, (laughs) but I need to get back into shape, though. Yeah. Yeah. Austin is it's intimidating dating someone that hot. Let's just be real. Dallas's boyfriend is very attractive. (laughs) He is. He's very hot. He doesn't realize it. Oh, God, I'm joking. I don't want to be the one to tell him. I don't want to make him uncomfortable. It's okay. I mean, He's always like, oh, thanks. Like, are you shocked? Like, <laughs> look at you. You go to the gym nearly every day. He does construction for a living, though. So, like, Jesus, he's always doing that crap. I work at home. Sure. At my yeah. desk. Yeah. And I can like most people do, <laughs> you know, like the most most of us do. I mean, right. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so we snack. We have, you know, we have our what do I have in here? I've got a bunch of crunch. I've got a bag of Easter M&M's that it's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I have a Valentine's Day M&M's in my drawer. Solid. They're, they're, are they just red? Are they red and pink? Yeah. These are just pastel. So nice. it's like, yeah, I went to Walgreens to try and find Clarence Easter candy. And I literally got one package of peeps. That was all they had left. <gasps> oh, and it's like so my mom. Linda stopped sending me Easter baskets when I was like 25. And I'm like, mom, what the fuck? And like, that's so funny because my, so Austin and I were driving to my mom's house for Easter dinner mm-hmm. and I'm driving and I was like, I swear to God, if I don't get an Easter basket today, I'm going to scream. I showed up. She had an Easter basket for me, but because we're all going to Cabo in two weeks, it yeah. was all healthy stuff. There were like no. two apples and two bananas. And I was like. Not even ah. like a chocolate bunny just for fun. Like just to no. have it there. Oh, Sugar free Russell, Russell Stover chocolate. I was like, okay, I though. hate everything. For real though, the sugar free Russell Stover chocolates are not that bad. Like the okay, toffee one. The, are they, the toffee really ones are good. And I only like know that. Caramel, I think. Oh, that one. I think those are the gross ones. But like. <laughs> 
like the toffee ones I only know because I used to steal them from a theater teacher in high school. Like she oh. I used to grade her papers mm-hmm. and sorry, Molly Thomas. Shout out. And she would have them in her desk drawer and I'd eat them. And she'd be like, nice. where'd all my candy go? And I'm like, God, I don't know. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I'd have to, and, and I worked at Shopco and we sold all of the different candy there of there the sugar-free Russell Stover. And so Here we, in Nebraska, so. yeah. Uh, so I would buy so. her bags of candy and like replace them because I would eat <laughs> all of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, God. So intrusive. I would never do that now. Like, God, what was I thinking? I was just like 16. Like, oh, I'll just eat this candy. Like, you know, (laughs) it's not mine. (laughs) Oh, man. We could eat candy and not worry. Oh, God. You know, it's so funny, too, because like I was known in my family and most, you know, some of my friends for making sweet things. Like I made cakes and I still bake cakes for all my friends' birthdays. And like, mm-hmm. but it's so strange now because I'm like, God, we really can't eat cake that often. Like we should, yeah. when we have in our group, there's like 20 people or more mm-hmm. and we have all of our birthdays. That's like two or three birthdays a month sometimes, which mm-hmm. means we're having cake like two or three or four times in like a month span. And I'm like, okay. Guys, I'm like, we can make other foods, too. I mean, I'm yeah. opening that up now. One of my friends doesn't like sweets, so he has me make quiche. Nice. That's awesome. So I guess that skill paid off in the end. But, like, you know. Yeah. It is funny, though. Like, just, you know, sugar really has become, like, an enemy. And it's just yeah. like, oh, my God. how It's Mine so addictive. Mine has bread and flour. Like, huh. Interesting. I found that I, I mean, like, I've. Yes, I'm tall and I'm relatively thin, but like when my weight kind of skyrockets, it's because I've been eating like just a lot of like shitty breads. <laughs> so sure. now I'm like, cool, I'm not going to eat bread ever again. <laughs> bread sucks. is tricky. No pasta, it's... no flour, anything. I know. Pasta, I find, is like, it's better. Yeah. But bread is so tough because like making your own bread is hard and like, you have to learn how to do it. And it's like, well, if you don't... I'm a good baker and I yeah. suck at bread. Same. I can never oh get God. it to come out right ever. And no. I've tried all the tricks yeah. I've done, you know, oven full of boil or a pan full of boiling water in the oven under the bread. I've tried, you know, pr- mm-hmm. a proving drawer. I've tried, I've tried it all. It never comes out right. The only thing I can make right is like pizza dough or pie crust or, you know, like, butter based doughs but yeast things honest to god i think there's like i think i carry some sort of like you know like when people kill plants they have like a brown thumb i have whatever the equivalent is to yeast i think i just (laughs) i think i just kill yeast like i completely understand hopeless dylan is great at yeast based breads like his pie crust always come out nice and fluffy and crisp on the outside like he i don't know what he does i'm like it must just be like your hands they've mm-hmm. said some people if like your some people's hands just have like the magic touch i don't know whatever I i'm good at making yeah. lasagna <laughs> i can make there everything else except <laughs> bread like but no bread's yeah, tricky store-bought bread. bread store-bought bread is loaded with sugar <laughs> yeah so it sucks it, yeah no, bread, that, forget it. I know. And it's it sucks, too, because, like, I was telling someone else, it might have been Megan Garashi about how, like, or maybe it was Brandon, about how, like, our weight was always kept down 
during college because we were rehearsing constantly and yeah. you don't really gain weight when you're just doing, even if it's not a dance show, just movement alone can mm-hmm. be, you know, pretty intense yeah. on the body. And then to like come out of college and realize that my metabolism decided to retire when I was 25, it was just like, oh shit, I have to like pay uh-huh. attention to all this. And after the pandemic, I'm like probably going to go pescatarian for at least six nice. months. Like, you know, just to drop weight, get, mm-hmm. you know, I probably have high cholesterol too and don't even know it, you know. <laughs> It's a thing. I haven't been to a yeah. doctor in a really long time because of the pandemic. So like, right, you know, right. it's just one of those things where I just have to figure out, you know, what to do as far as changing my diet. Let me ask you this, because this is a food podcast. <laughs> what like have you found ways to sort of like resupplement your diet from things that you can't eat anymore? Or have you have have you had, you know. I think it's important to talk about like triumphs and missteps in that Mm -hmm. journey. And I know for myself, it's full of missteps as far as figuring out how to eat correctly. But have you like you've been, you know, talked about like you can't eat bread, this, that, you know, are there things Mm -hmm. like where you've like, okay, well, let me shift my diet like this way and see if that fulfills that for me. Yeah. So I've like tried to kind of steer more towards keto. Um, okay, not a hundred percent because scrap my entire pantry and start over if I was going full keto, but, um, just in the right. way of like, I don't do pastas really. I don't do starchy foods. So like no potatoes. Um, yeah. and I do, I last summer got really into juicing. <laughs> so I make my own juices at home. It's beneficial. So I bought a juicer. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll do that for like lunches because then it gives me like all the greens that I need for the day. And then I can just eat like meat, right? (laughs) Cheese for dinner or like fish or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Me and Austin actually just found a recipe this past weekend for keto chicken tenders in an air fryer. I think I've made something akin to that. Yeah. They were so damn good. Like the coating was almond flour and Parmesan. And it. Yeah. Holy crap. Hey, they you were know, so good. We you know what you can do? Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of cheese. Um, yes. Have you ever made Parmesan crackers before? Yes. Yeah. I Brilliant. love Parmesan crackers. I also buy them. They have them at home goods, like in their like random food section. I know. I love so we good. we have, are. It's so weird. We have a home goods. It's far away. Chicago's weird. We have we're like the land of TJ Maxx and oh, yes. Burlington. So we have those two, but they're the same, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But no, I love the weird little food section because I always look for olive oil is so much cheaper at TJ Maxx. Avocado like, and it's, oil? Oh my god. I can't eat avocado oil. I don't know why. It oh, just no. upsets my stomach a lot. And I, oh, that's I've, terrible. you know, what's terrible. If I eat too much guacamole, same thing. I think I might have, have not a an, something like I can't <laughs> eat a lot of it. I think they're just too fatty, mm, mm-hmm. but cause I don't really eat a lot of rich food cause it's just kind of like, it upsets me, but I love guacamole. <laughs> so it's like the one oh. rich textured food I will eat, but I love guacamole. It's so good. I love, I love avocados. avocados. Oh God. Mm. <laughs> we, I love avocado toast. I love like I don't care what people say about avocado toast. It's so good. Oh yeah, like, I love it. 
I had an eggs Benedict once that had avocado mash like under the eggs. Oh my gosh. What? It, it was the awesome. richest breakfast I have ever eaten. And I had to be rolled out of the diner I ate it at, but it was delicious. Uh, but awesome. yeah, no, it's, um, I, I love that though you were talking about juicing. That's something that I really mm-hmm. want to kind of start doing. Cause like before the pandemic I was working out, but I'd like plateaued and I was kind of like, I know it's my diet. I know it's like, even though I'm working out three or four, maybe sometimes five times a week, if I had the energy, mm-hmm. it's because on the nights I'm not working out, I'm eating McDonald's or I'm yeah. getting food at the restaurant because, you know, that maybe that was the week I won the contest and I got a free meal or something like that. You know, there was always an excuse to mm-hmm. eat junk food. And so right, right. I know that that's like the the big thing I have to conquer is giving up, so to speak. And mm-hmm. I honestly, I feel like eating like kind of like juicing Definitely, that's like how I would be better at intaking fruits and vegetables because I'm yeah. terrible at that. That's oh my like god, yeah, me too. Horrible. Like I have a glass of orange juice, out, you know, when I, we ever have orange juice in the house, but that's mm-hmm. like it. You know, <laughs> if right. I eat a bowl of strawberries, it's with you know sugar mm-hmm. or Nutella, yeah, right? you know, or you know, uh, you know, it's just like I eat fruit, but if I eat peaches, it's in a it's in a cobbler. <laughs> You know, or a crumble, (laughs) or a crumble. If I eat apples, it's apple. Oh my god, I made apple butter. (gasps) It's so fucking good. Jesus, (laughs) I made it in the crock pot. What? It was super easy. Yeah, yeah. You cut up. I'll eventually I'll put the recipe on the website, but because it was for an episode of the show. But I um, I used Granny Smith apples. Because they have a lot of pectin, so that'll make it jam or uh-huh. gel or whatever verb. But I got like a bag, like you get at the grocery store. I peeled them, cut them, you know, with like the apple cutter that cuts them into <laughs> yeah. little, like the, the you kids use. Mine's yeah. literally a little plastic apple. <laughs> it's the, oh, my that's mom's, adorable. My mom was like, did you buy this when you were like five? <laughs> and I was like, no, <laughs> I got it on like wish.com or something. It like came free with something I bought. But so I did that, tossed them all in the bowl of the crock pot and you kind of like squirt lemon juice on them so they don't brown like you do. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's like you're making an apple pie, basically. Uh Cinnamon, sugar, brown sugar, a teeny bit of maple syrup. You don't have to do that. I know you said you don't like maple syrup, so you don't have to do it. I like the maple syrup. I just want maple syrup on my eggs. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Well, fair enough. (laughs) But I do like it in general. (laughs) But you have to use like the legit like grade a real maple syrup not like mm-hmm. log cabin corn yeah. syrup like gotcha. <laughs> i love it though i love log cabin <laughs> syrup i dylan doesn't put syrup on his pancakes and i am the one that's like like just going back and <laughs> forth going. and back and forth i wanted to did you ever see that youtube commercial of the kodak pancakes where they just never stopped pouring the syrup on the pancakes and it like overflowed so. on the plate and it was, the, I literally always skip YouTube ads. I watched that whole damn ad because of just how attractive it was. Like, Google it. Kodak. It's like Kodak pancake syrup ad. And oh it's got, God. it's okay, got well. like really soft bossa nova in the background. Like, it's just <laughs> so addictive. But like, that's how I am with syrup, you know. Nice. Syrup fiend. I'm the guy they have to bring the extra caddy to at IHOP. Like, yep. 
Or I'm like, where's the boysenberry syrup? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you have yeah, it. I need my specific flavors. Yeah, I'm that bitch. <laughs> but anyways, no, it's, um, yeah. What in the hell was I talking about, though? Apple about? butter. Apple butter, yes. Sing? So, yeah, you so you put on the crock pot and then on low for like 10 hours. And then you blend oh. it. You put it in a blender and you put it on the whip setting if you have that or just high. Mm-hmm. Um, but you and then, yeah, you just let it cool down and refrigerate it and it'll thicken as it refrigerates and it becomes spreadable that way. Wow. So good. Huh. And it's like, you know, homemade one, you know, so it's yeah. not the jarred apple butter to me. It always tastes really bad. Mm. Like my grandmother used to buy applesauce and apple butter and I never liked either one because I was like it's so chemically tasting or like sugar and like mm-hmm. it's not like fruit right <laughs> but it's you definitely know. processed yes but no I made apple butter and that's been like my you know sweet thing now but nice. yeah I have to cut all that stuff and I yeah. don't know commit Getting I have ready to for commit. this trip has been tough I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm the heaviest I've been because I'm, you know, I'm happy in my life and medicated and it's going really exactly. well. Exactly. Same. <laughs> what the hell? Same. Yeah. And no, and it's tough too, because like, especially in the pandemic, we had so much time on our hands to mm-hmm. try new things. I mean, yep. the first six months eat. of the pandemic was like, yeah, when the money was like 600 extra a week, like just the bankrolling of the first uh-huh. wave of relief. I was buying food left and right. I'm like, I want to try all this stuff. I'm at home. I have nothing to do. Like, why not? And now a year in, I'm like 20 pounds heavier than I was. And I'm like, well, (laughs) damn. Yeah, I'm like, well, fuck. What are we going to do now? Well, yeah. And the other thing, too, is I think for me, it's just such a body image thing. I, I have never had the body I've wanted my Mm -hmm. whole adult life. I've never had it. the exact same way, yeah. And, you know, I tried to accomplish it with bulimia and anorexia. And that evolved out into overeating disorder, which caused me to gain a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And I would then fluctuate back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, this is, I'm sure, a story a lot of people have, too. But, you know, for me now, it's like I don't want to go into my 30s with health problems because of eating. Yep. I completely understand that. You know, I just don't, but you know, in the meantime though, I think it's important, you know, the way I think I'm, I think I hope I'll be successful this time around is that I'm, I want to find like a nutritionist to work with who is about cooking and like, you know, it's like makes food good. And it's not Mm -hmm. just diet food and it's, you know, not just but focused anyway. on like losing weight, but yeah. you know, it's like being like bettering not just, your health. Yeah, being satiated, you know, not just sustained, so to speak. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And it's tough too because I feel like a lot of us coming from theater, not to, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but like, you know, we just, we came from an environment of unhealthiness regarding oh, body image. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, coming out of that now I think is really eye-opening and it's nice to know though that there's other people like such as yourself that's like you know realizing that you know things out of change but they have to change mm-hmm. in a good way not in a right not in an unsustainable 
spur of the moment I have to lose so many pounds for this show way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, but anyway, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I do want to like get us back into talking positively about food. (laughs) Yes, please. Yes. I'm so sorry. Uh, um, well, okay. So we had talked, uh, have we, did we mention holidays at all? I feel like we might have. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, so for me, like Christmas was all, I mean, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the holidays were big with food. Mm You know, Easter even, which we don't yeah. celebrate now. That was that's still like we have to have a ham on Easter. <laughs> you know, yep. someone does. So it's <laughs> like, you know, do you have um, and it's this is interesting for me, too, because like having divorced parents now, my brother and I split our time between mm-hmm. mom and dad for Christmas. Yeah. And I always find now it's interesting because like the food identities, there's just more food identities. Whereas one, for so much of my life, and maybe, you know, a little bit of yours, it was Christmas dinner was everyone. So there was one thing, mm-hmm. one food tradition. And yeah. then all of a sudden, when you had another parent's house, and then it's, or like your parents had separate homes, my parents had separate homes, the grandparents were separated out according to parents. Yes. The yes, food yes. traditions <laughs> took on different existences, which was really cool in the long run. Mm-hmm. But like, did you have that experience like as a kid? Oh my though? Gosh, yeah. I was so curious about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't really, uh, since I was so young, when my parents split up, I can't really remember holidays together. So I've really only ever known holidays split in two, sure, which is sure. exhausting. Oh, but, God. Um, as an adult, I was 18 when my parents got divorced. Oh my so goodness. I was out of the house. There was no custody yeah. battle for me. And so, well, there wasn't really any custody battle at all. But like sure. my brother was still a minor. But mm-hmm. I remember the first couple of years we had to navigate that. And it was so awkward because I didn't yeah. know. I'm like, we've never done this. In 18 years, we've always been a family on Christmas morning. Now mm-hmm. it's dad on Christmas Eve, mom on Christmas Day, dad's side on Christmas Eve or after Christmas Day. Like craziness, basically, yeah. in my mind. But I can't imagine as like a little kid, you know, formative years having to sort of rush around because it is rushing oh, around. Yeah. It's like, oh, you yeah. know, I still do it to this day. Oh, it's same. Yeah. Now I do. It's stressful yeah. time. And like, I love Christmas. You know, me too. This. Oh, my God. Listeners, you and I'm I obsessed with Christmas. <laughs> Dallas is probably the one person in my circle of friends that beats me to decorating for Christmas. Yes, I think most so. years I would think. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's crazy. So like, yeah, growing up, Thanksgiving was normally. For a long time, it was split in two where I would have dinner with my mom's side, like in the early afternoon. And then my dad would come get me and we drive to his family's. But that kind of tapered off when I was getting a little older, we just like stopped getting together. And so we would always do a Christmas party. Luckily with my dad's side, that was a separate time. Mm -hmm. So then Christmas was mostly spent. Well, okay. This gets kind of chaotic, but like my birthday is Christmas Eve. That's right. Yeah. I was going to say like, Oh shit, her birthday is in there too. I couldn't remember. It was the 22nd or the 24th. Yeah, 24th. It's the 24th. My so, grandmother's is the 22nd. So I always My grandmother's is the 22nd. Really? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah my my nuts. my one the one grandmother I have left alive. Nice. That sounds so morbid. But no, she yeah, her birthday is yeah. the 22nd. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So cool. Um, but yeah, so like I'll spend my 
<laughs> my birthday day with one parent, my birthday night slash Christmas Eve with yeah. one parent, then Christmas morning is with that same parent that I spent the night with. And then we celebrate Christmas and then do dinner or brunch or whatever time that falls. And then I'll switch to the other parent for a second bigger dinner and then Christmas night. It oh sucks. My God. <laughs> Mine every is... year I get so fucking stressed out. Oh, it's I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. At me, it's me and my brother. So my brother and I do this every year. Every year, I go back usually on the 21st, maybe the 20th, because mm-hmm. I usually leave the 27th. I can't stay in Lincoln more than a week or I'll like off myself. So like, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but anyway, so I get in like the 20th, 21st, and I usually have to pack in a lot of my shopping because mm-hmm. shit's cheaper in Nebraska. And like yep. the only stuff I buy in Chicago, I, I buy my dad um, and yes, this is food related. I buy my dad licorice bridge mix, okay. Chicago bridge mix. It's his favorite, <laughs> I think. So he buys us licorice every year. Licorice is like a thing with my dad. We always buy each other like gourmet licorice. <laughs> like amazing. He likes black licorice, though, which I don't like. Ugh, so that's poison. You know, you know, what's so interesting. I read this study that millennials are the first generation that completely and totally do not like black licorice. Like most of us don't have a taste for it. So like (laughs) our grandparents liked it though, because it was so cheap to manufacture as candy during the war. And so they had a taste for licorice and it was also like a kind of a European flavor too. But as we Mm. have, as American tastes have grown more and more sugary and candy gets more and more chemical, Licorice has become like a disgusting natural. It's a natural tasting sweet and we all hate it. Oh, gross. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so um, my dad likes licorice. So I get him that or I'll get him the giant Whopper balls. So. <laughs> nice. But it's hard to find the candy stores that have them now. Like, so I have mm-hmm. to like figure and I usually forget to buy all this shit until like the four or five days before I am going to drive home. And I'm like. <laughs> After work downtown, I'm like, I gotta go to the, I gotta go to Water Tower and around. get candy. Oh my <laughs> but gosh. Spend a bunch of money on candy. But no, so I'll <laughs> shop a bunch while I'm home and I have to wrap everything. I have to see family before Christmas Day, obviously. Mm-hmm. It starts off, I get in, I'll dry drive home because it's Chicago. It's I don't wanna it's not far. And plus I like renting a car right. so I don't have to borrow the car, which is fucking annoying i remember doing <laughs> like, that when i would fly home from new york it was terrible <laughs> awful i would yeah. fly home from chicago before i had my downtown job because it was cheaper to fly mm-hmm. and i i hated it i'm like <laughs> if i will rent a car from now on so like but no so i would get in my parents would take me to dinner we go to dinner and then the next day is dedicated to whatever. And I usually have to see like my aunt and uncle and my cousin on my mom's side. I have to see mm-hmm. whoever is in town on my dad's side, like whoever I, cause we kind of live all around Nebraska on my dad's That's side. It. So it's like, whoever's around Lincoln, I'll see. But then Christmas Eve yeah. is all my dad and my, and then we spend Christmas day with my mom. And then we go to my aunt and uncle's house for Christmas night. Christmas, the day after Christmas, I spend with my dad, usually at another family event. Christmas is great with my family. <laughs> no, Christmas is a lot of fun with my family. It is a lot of running around, though, like it you're is. saying. I mean, I'm sure it's, it sounds worse for you because you it sounds like you have to go to, like, multiple 
parents within one day. Mm-hmm. And see, like, my dad is just like Christmas Eve. He makes prime rib, easy peasy, you know. Yeah. We do our little gift exchange. My brother and I get our, we get like a little like uh, salami and cheese plates every year from my dad. Adorable. It's That's a weird fun. Van Hoosen tradition. Like, <laughs> any, once you turn, if you're a guy, if you're a male, um, if you're he, him, I'm going to update it for the, for the people. <laughs> there we go. Um, in you're a Van Hoosen. When you turn 18, you, my grandfather used to buy us Pepperidge Farm kits. They I'm had a little so cutting board with the sausage and the cheese and the little jar of mustard. Absolutely. They came in the little like shredded, you know, gr- paper grasp thing. Yep. That was what That's you received adorable. from grandpa when you turned 18. If you were mm-hmm. a Van Hoosen man. And my dad has to do it now with my brother and I. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, he he went, he bought us like some fancy shit. Like he's like, he bought us a whole like cheese cutting knife kit. And oh I was like, geez, he's like, yeah, I figured I should kind of up the game a little bit on the cheese board. Have to beat grandpa. <laughs> well, that's what he said. He's like, I mean, he's like, God love Logan. Logan was my grandfather. He's like, God love Logie, but you know, I think we can do a little better than the Pepperidge farm box. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was great, that's you funny. know, but that's, that's our tradition with my dad and my mom. Um, we like have appetizery food at my aunt and uncle's house. We like play board games and, you know, get high nice. and, you know, nice. you know, just chill. Christmas has become open presents, obviously, you know, like Christmas mm-hmm. has definitely become a very nice chill holiday, but I really miss having little kids. It sucks though. Cause like my brother and I are still, well, my brother's still too young to really be ha- wanting to have kids and I don't want mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. So, but I still want kids around at Christmas. <laughs> like, right. I, but you need yeah. someone to bring them around. I just want to, you know, I want, there's something fun about the whole San- about Santa. And I miss yeah. that. That's the one thing I miss the mm-hmm. most about Christmas is that kind of like, you know, eternal belief. But with a kid, it's so different. With a child, it's so different because yeah. it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. And it's tangible for them. And that's so yeah. that's so fun to me. And, you know, especially as like a theater person, you know, it, y- oh, you can ham you can ham it up and make it, you know, brilliant. But, yeah, I don't know. My yeah. granddad, too, he used to like ring bells outside our house and, and voice and be like the voice oh, of Santa. I love that. Yeah. But oh, when Christmas, I was a kid, my oh, dad, man. when I was a kid, my dad. Um, that this is probably one of my earliest memories. Um, yeah. with when my parents were still married. Um, he I was the I was like, I don't know, three in this like adorable little like pink onesie. Sure. And my dad overnight before Christmas morning took his work boots and put powdered sugar on the bottom of them and did footprints from the fireplace into the front room where the Christmas tree was. Oh, and that's so brilliant. then like I I ran outside, they were like, Dallas what's that? Like what, who was here? And I like freaked the hell out and like went and wiped up all the footprints. Oh, it was so freaking cute. My, I swear one year, my mom says that I get this wrong, but maybe it's just my child. Maybe this is my child brain. <laughs> I swear to God, my dad helped my granddad one year. Um, My mom and I were reading the night before Christmas as you do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And my granddad rang the bells to ho, 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 Merry Christmas. And I'm pretty sure my dad threw a branch, like a small branch, up to the roof of our house. 
because <gasps> it sounded like something crashed down onto the roof. Oh and that God, is like the so most cool. distinct memory I have of Santa. And my mom says, no, you're remembering you're remembering it wrong. That never happened. I'm like, like no, Linda, wrong, I swear to God, I'm right. You know, like, <laughs> don't ruin my childhood. But like, no. But anyway, um, but no, my granddad would be Santa. And um, yeah, no. But my parents would do the whole thing where like, like you said, your dad would do the powdered sugar boots. Mm-hmm. Um, we would set out like cookies and carrots. Cookies for yes. Santa, carrots for the reindeer. And uh-huh. my parents would like nibble the carrots to make it look like the reindeer had eaten some of the carrots. Aww. And, you know, Gosh, obviously bites out of the cookies, empty glass of milk. They did the absolute, you know, standard. Yeah. You know, to the T, which I love. But yeah, I will definitely be doing that for my kids. But yeah. Austin. Oh, no. Didn't grow up believing in Santa. What? He was like, no, we didn't grow up believing in Santa. He has two older brothers, and I almost started crying. That's probably why. I was like, you need to get it together. Oh but my his God. brothers aren't, his brothers are your age. Hmm. So they're how, not. Wait, how old is, how old's your, how old is he? He's 25. Oh, he's I keep thinking he's our, Okay, so yeah, and I, I'll be 28 this August. Yeah, so his brothers just turned 28. So like, okay. but their parents just like didn't. You know, some parents do that because they, I think, I think some parents really believe it's lying to their children. It's not a fantasy. It's lying. And I I guess I respect that. (laughs) I think, you know, I think the whole idea of Santa can be extended after Mm -hmm. the reality of it is realized. Yeah. You know, I still believe in the idea of you know, being charitable. That's what it turned into mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Was every Christmas, find a local charity, donate to their giving tree. That's what mm-hmm. being Santa is. Yeah. Because it is, you know. Definitely. And so th- it, that's the one thing that I've always carried with me with Christmas. And also, you know, I grew up Catholic. And so Christmas time was, you know, giving time (laughs) so but at the same time while yes we had to write bigger checks to the church at christmas (laughs) it was also about you know volunteering or Mm -hmm. spending a week night you know making gift bags or something you know like the the church had like had opportunities for us to volunteer and of the many things that i did not agree with growing up in the catholic church Especially after, you know, being gay, (laughs) you know, like that is one thing I did appreciate that they taught me was that Christmas was not just about you. It's about Mm -hmm. everyone. And so, yeah, I love Christmas for that. That's probably why I love that holiday so much is because not only is it festive and your house gets to look bright and shiny and fun for two months, but it's also so much about, you know, giving things to kids who don't have the means to whose parents or guardians don't have the means to buy them things or Mm -hmm. cooking for people. That was mine. Cooking is mine. I love to throw a big Christmas party every year Mm -hmm. and just cook. That's how I am with Thanksgiving. The friends giving is my, Oh God. We have fam's giving, but it's basically, yeah, it's like 20 of us. I cook most of it. Not most of it anymore. Now I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like, you know, (laughs) I do the turkeys and I do the potatoes. 
but that's all day. That's a lot. And, you know, sometimes I'll oh, throw yeah. in like, and Dylan makes stuffing and all that stuff. But I love Friendsgiving. That was like, oh, man. It's one of my favorite things. We did it in New York, even. Like, people yeah. would come over to our apartment. And it was cool because we would go, we went to the parade, like, in the morning. And then we'd oh. come back and start cooking. It, oh, my oh gosh. My it was God. so much fun. It's like yeah. the quintessential New York thing to do. It's like what oh, they yeah. do in Friends. They go to the parade. Yes. Only you don't lock yourselves out of the apartment and burn everything. Yeah, no, we didn't do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, some of the best brilliant. memories I had was going to the parade because it was, I would always get there at the ass crack to like reserve a spot and then I'd yeah. tell them where we were, but then they'd all meet me there and we would just enjoy the parade together. It oh was amazing. God. I can only, that's yeah. always been a dream of mine to actually see the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade like in it's person. It's insane. Like it. It's only two hours long, like from start to finish. It's really short. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, because you don't like watch the performances while you're watching the parade route. But yeah, it's so cool. Like once in a lifetime. Man. Twice in a lifetime. That's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I love that, though, that, you know, that's that's something that you did as far as like going back, making Thanksgiving. Did you have a thing that you were delegated to or in charge of? Well, I'm a control freak, so I was always um, me too. <laughs> kind of a butthole about it. And to anyone listening, that was a part of my Friendsgivings. I apologize for how I acted. <laughs> we have established a rule at my Thanksgivings where if too many people are in the kitchen, and I'm I can't, and it gets loud as fuck in the kitchen because uh-huh. there's just people drinking and talking and laughing and you know merriment i'll turn to one of the guys and be like get the one get everyone the fuck out of here they're like you oh, heard yep. the man that get everyone get the fuck out like they'll like <laughs> they'll like sh- like shepherd the people out of the kitchen so i can have some peace and quiet to make That's whatever awesome. i'm doing because nice. it's like it's so funny though because i've basically enacted my friends as the gtfo people <laughs> like nice. that's how it, chase normally was at our friendsgivings chase would be the one that i was like i need you to make everyone leave and he's like okay got it <laughs> yep oh man i bet chase is totally the guy yeah oh yeah he's my favorite person in the world yes <laughs> it's so funny though like i love though that i suppose though it might have been the same for you did everyone kind of eventually congregate in the kitchen because that yeah, definitely eventually. happens at all of our party i love that yeah. And I mean, my the kitchen, kitchen is just the place to be. For it is. It's the heart. It's, you know, it mm-hmm. sounds so cliche, but it is the truest thing. It is where the heartbeat of the home is. And yeah. my kitchen and my living room are like one big room. So oh, that's awesome. you kind of like can't avoid being in the kitchen eventually. And mm-hmm. I always like to whenever I do dinner parties, I love to kind of set out just a ton of different foods. Like, yeah you know just mix it up well, like i'll have like a lebanese theme or i'll do like tex-mex night we did a, a like a taco bar night once that oh, was a lot fun. of fun like everyone bring a filling i love potluck those are a lot of fun yeah that's how our th- friendsgivings work sure like, yeah that's how ours were too. i would normally do like the turkey and a dessert yeah and then other people just, like other people have like their personal family recipes and <laughs> yeah i like I mean, we do have that and we yeah. had like certain things, but there was nothing that I was like, this is our special. It was like, this is the recipe from the Betty Crocker cookbook. Right, like, right. Everything yeah. was like super normal. See, I know my, <laughs> that's so funny. Cause like my grandmother's recipes, when I, when she passed away, I had gotten a lot of her recipes from her by that point because mm-hmm. 
I, I was with her all the time as a kid and I learned how she cooked and I learned how to cook everything, but I made sure to have her write everything down before she was too old to cook and she Uh still had the mind and the wherewithal to do it. And, and so when she died, I was sort of like the recipe keeper Mm. and I had to tell my dad how to cook things. I had to fill in my aunt on why her recipe didn't work anymore (laughs) and I had fixed it. Like, uh-huh. it's just crazy. Like, you know, but it's so funny, too. The, my point was one year they're like, what was her pumpkin pie recipe? No pumpkin pie tastes like hers. And I literally was like, guys, it's on the back of the Libby's can. That was her pumpkin oh pie God. recipe. <laughs> it's literally the one in the can. Cause oh, I, I love that. And it's like, you know, one would know because on hers, it just said pumpkin pie. But the recipe she gave uh-huh. me said Libby's famous pumpkin pie. And I'm like, oh, it's from the can. That's incredible. <laughs> hey, it's good. You know, like, no yeah, shame. But it was know, just, tried and true. it was just so funny, though, because it was like, you know, it's like, this is from the quintessential cookery book of the 20th century. <laughs> you know, this is like, yeah, no, this shit was on the back of the can. Like, you know, oh, yeah. same as That's like green so bean funny. casserole. There's no difference. It's on the back it's of the can. It's all the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate funny. green bean casserole. It's my least favorite. I am not a fan of it either. No. Unless it, like, give me a shit ton of the crunchy onions. Just give maybe. me just give me crunchy onions. Honestly. Like, just it's too the mushy. Crunchy I don't want some mush. Exactly. It's hot, yeah. mushy, salty lava. <laughs> exactly. That's what I always think of it as. <laughs> Cranberry sauce has grown on me a lot mm. as I've gotten older. No. No. no, I make it homemade though. I don't use the can. <laughs> well, I don't uh, like it at all. In oh, any fair. <laughs> What's your favorite? What is your favorite Thanksgiving thing? It doesn't have to just be turkey. Like what? What else? Because I like stuffing mm-hmm. the most. Um, my grandmother's mashed potatoes and her homemade dinner rolls. Oh, homemade Nobody can dinner make... rolls. Yeah, it's weird. Nobody can make the mashed potatoes like she can, but it's the easiest thing. And my mom. Has because my grandmother uh, moved to the East Coast, yeah. So now she's not here for every holiday. But my oh. mom has been getting good at her holiday recipes. I'm very impressed with my mother. That's good. So, yeah, those dinner rolls though, fuck me up. They're so good. My oh my god, I love dinner rolls. See, I like Hawaiian yes. rolls, so I buy them also because I have no luck with yeast. King's but, Hawaiian rolls because yes, oh, they're so good. Oh my. <laughs> oh my God. For anyone, okay, the reason, listeners, the reason I'm laughing so much is because the face that Dallas just made is like <laughs> the face we make to each other just to be complete goofballs. All of my, all of my friends and I are complete goofballs together. But no, I love King's Hawaiian rolls. I like yeah. those as. I do what they did in Friends. I, I make the moist maker sandwich. Ooh, like I have nice. a recipe for it. And it's not bad, but you have to use King's Hawaiian rolls. It just sure. doesn't taste right if you make it on plain ass, you know, white bread. Mm-hmm. But King's <laughs> Hawaiian rolls, something about them. Because I would buy them for our Friendsgivings in New York or like mm-hmm. whatever big dinner we were having. I remember keeping them on top of my fridge. And my cat jumped on top of my fridge knocked off the container of King's Hawaiian rolls and ripped open the packaging and was eating the yeah. Hawaiian rolls. I got yeah. home and I was like, what the fuck is in these rolls? <laughs> like, this is insane. I want to say they- lost her mind. I feel like they're made with something that gives them the distinct sweet taste. 
And I, mm-hmm. is it pineapple juice? It's something weird. It's like a fruit or something. I don't remember. But no, mm-hmm. I love King's Hawaiian Rolls for for Thanksgiving. But my, my dad makes, he'll get the, the ones out of the freezer section. Like the, I think they're like the Rhodes is the brand maybe. Or like, it starts with an know. R. I don't know. I could be confusing microphone brands with rolls. I, I, don't <laughs> know, I was just looking at microphones earlier. But like, um, no, so he'll make those. But he'll put them to, to a muffin tin. So they look like little butts when they <laughs> rise. <laughs> and oh, then no. when they bake, they get even bigger. So like, <laughs> so every year I'm like, oh yeah, you made the ass rolls. <laughs> a, I don't know funny. why he makes them that way, but that's like a, that's a distinct holiday food for you. For, for us so Van Hoosens, you know, finding a way to work butt jokes into anything, us Van Hoosens. There you but, go. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. No, I love Thanksgiving food. Christmas food is kind of not Christmas food for us anymore. We just make whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot of appetizers, you know. My Our uncle Thanksgiving smokes and Christmas a lot is of the stuff, exact so. same meal. Yeah. I, I wish Christmas was a meal. I tried to do a full meal. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't feasible. Like, I don't know. I think we're just grazers in our family. Yeah. And, That's fair. you know, with the more and more availability of stuff to make, like, charcuterie boards. And, you know, food is not the way it was in Lincoln when I was growing up. You you can't just buy certain things anymore. Like, there's everything now. So mm-hmm. holiday meals have kind of become just, like, let's try a bunch of stuff or let's make stuff we nice. don't usually have or... Mm-hmm. gourmet gourmand things i don't know mm-hmm. i love it but um easter we don't really celebrate anymore <laughs> like we do easter we it used to be ham easter was the ham holiday for my dad nice. so we do but, um chicken and dumplings on easter Ooh, yeah fried chicken and homemade dumplings it's really <laughs> good and then i'll do a homemade carrot cake every year <gasps> i love carrot it's cake so yeah it's so good do you pipe the little carrots on them like they do with the deli? No, I have terrible piping skills. <laughs> oh, I, I'm the worst. I'm the guy that still buys the sugar happy birthday st- things. You just oh stick on God, a cake. Oh my God, me too. Uh-huh. I don't, I'm not going to fucking pipe happy birthday because no. my handwriting is bad enough. You're going to get candles. That too. <laughs> Although yeah, as we get I'll older. I'll do like colorful frosting maybe, but you'll get a nice candle. I'll do that. There. I'll do, it's funny because sometimes I'll have people ask, like, Aaron will text me the craziest fucking cakes. Like, I have to buy, like, fondant to do it. I'm like, okay, I draw the line at fondant. I'm not buying fondant. And so it has to just be frosted. Like My mom and I. So my mom makes, she has this, like, signature cookie recipe that I'm not allowed to share. She's told me I'm not allowed to share it with anyone ever. Um, But at her job, back when, like, (laughs) yeah, I'll text (laughs) you. When she was in the office, she would make them for everybody's birthdays. Sure. And they're like cake themed. So if they had a favorite cake, she would make the cookie version of that cake. Well, somebody, she's going to die that I'm telling the story. Somebody put that their favorite dessert was chair pumple cake. Okay. Which is, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. So my mom was like, well, crap, I'm going to have to make this fucking chair pumple cake. And she was like, Dallas, you have to come over and help me because I can't do this. And I was like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to figure it out. It's, let's see, I'm trying to remember the, the layers. It's apple pie. It's an apple pie sitting inside a vanilla cake and then a pumpkin pie sitting inside a spice cake and then a cherry pie sitting inside a chocolate cake. 
And all this, three layers are stacked on top of each other. This sounds like dessert turducken. It takes like four pounds of cream cheese frosting to cover this monster. Oh my so God. So my mom and I are up so late making this fucking cake for her coworker's birthday. <laughs> she shows up the next day and my mom was like, hey, so-and-so, there's your favorite dessert. And the coworker was like, oh, did you make carrot cake? She goes, no, I made this <laughs> stupid chair pumple thing that you wrote down. And her coworker goes, oh my gosh, um, Chad, another coworker of theirs, just wrote that down as a joke to see if you would actually do it. Oh my, my God. My mom and I spent hours on this stupid turducken cake <laughs> <laughs> only to have it be no one's favorite. Oh my God. We were so pissed. <laughs> That's terrible. That's ridiculous. That's livid. I know. Like, are you kidding? Shut I would have drawn the line. I would have been like, hell no. I'm yeah, like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll buy you three different pies. That's what you get. Jesus. Oh, oh my God. No. It was ridiculous. We were up for so long. Oh, God. Uh, but it was oh. really good, she said. So. Oh, good. Well, at least it paid. At least it was good. That's always good. <laughs> oh, God. But no, fondant. Yeah, hell no. If it involves fondant, I'm not doing it. But no, cakes, though, it's it's so funny because I don't even remember why it was funny. I don't know. But like, <laughs> like oh, I don't I honest to God don't remember what I was talking about. And we sh- I should move on anyway. But because, um, yeah, that because that story was just too good. Like that, that I, I don't know how to follow that up with this. So, um, OK. OK, so you you're from Denver originally mm-hmm. right you're born mm-hmm. in denver okay cool yeah um so you obviously have different regional cuisine than i did growing up i'm from nebraska yes, yes. and i want I, I didn't quite phrase it this way on your questions oh no i did what are some iconic okay good i did put that there so i i'm really curious to know like what were some of the like were there th- iconic like denver things or like you know i know like in the mountains there's like stuff you can buy like there's like in Colorado, at least from my memories growing up, there's like the cherry stores around Colorado where you buy like fruit jam and syrup and Mm -hmm. honey and all that kind of stuff. And that to me is like regional Colorado food. But like, is there like a legit kind of like food scene that's separated from other places you've lived in like Nebraska? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say like a scene necessarily, but definitely we have restaurants that are specific here. Sure. Like, um, which I didn't really discover until I was grown. Um, yeah. One of them is called the Atomic Cowboy. And it's, <laughs> I believe it's a gay bar. Sounds like it. Slash drag club when it's not like serving food. <laughs> um, but that's been really popular. That was on um, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. Okay, that for sure. Just, that's cool. Oh God, I can um, only imagine Guy Fieri in a gay bar. <laughs> oh God, yeah, taking you to Flavor Town. <laughs> <laughs> you better work, like <laughs> work, Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we have, we have like Palisade Peaches here. That's big because of Palisade, Ooh. Colorado. And then. Um, if I'm wrong and you're from Colorado, please don't correct me and make me feel bad. Okay. Because, um, I don't really remember a lot, <laughs> but, uh, I'm trying to remember, like, we don't have a ton that's like, Oh, that's co- I mean, we have Rocky Mountain oysters, which is testicles. full testicles. Yeah. yeah. 
Brandon talked about those because he's mm-hmm. I mean, he lives in the Rocky Mountain region. He lives at the sure. end of the United States Rocky Mountains. But yeah. like uh, but they have them there, too. Mm. We have yeah, them in fine. we have them in Nebraska, but I forget what they're called in Nebraska. There's a restaurant in the middle of nowhere that does. They have the testicle festival every year. <laughs> but I forget what they call them. They're ca- not called Rocky Mountain Oysters in Nebraska. They're, they're given like their own colloquial like name. Nebraskan name. Yeah. They have really huh. good steaks at this restaurant. I've been to this restaurant and their it, steaks are great. Is it like Western Nebraska? No, it's oh, okay. um, if you drive. So anyone listening to Nebraska will know this. If you drive on I-80 out of Lincoln on, yeah. it's either exit 420 or 421 into South Bend or oh. Louisville, Nebraska, I think. It's kind of by like the animal sanctuary exit. Anyway, mm. you drive on this road, it kind of winds out. And this restaurant is literally on a hill in the middle of cornfields, like just oh my God. scenic Nebraskan countryside. <laughs> And it's gorgeous. I took pictures from outside the restaurant because the view was so pretty. I'm like, that's awesome. This is brilliant to have a steak place just kind of in the middle of scenic nowhere. But right, um, right. their steaks were really good, really cheap because it's Nebraska. It was there Omaha you beef. <laughs> you know, oh, like amazing. So good. Yeah. This is like not expensive in Nebraska because it's there. Yeah. You know, like, right. <laughs> but no, I mean, but they serve the uh, testicles, fried testicles. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yuck. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, will I guess. I say that like yeah. Colorado's bigger on like beer. Okay. Like we have a ton of craft breweries that have popped up here yeah. in the last like 10 years. It's like Chicago. Uh, we Denver, host the Great Chicago American America. Beer Festival every year. Ooh, That's yeah. awesome. I went to that in 2019. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. I miss beers from everywhere. Fest. There was one that was like chips and salsa beer and you could like taste it was crazy like yeah but craft beer has gotten huge in denver i and so they're everywhere i know that like craft beer like the scenes in chicago and denver are very similar like Mm -hmm. lots of microbreweries lots of independent ale houses like oh yeah stuff like that and it was interesting because our bartender would like get samples from all of these different Chicago breweries to see if he would want to put them in our, in our kegs in the restaurant. And uh, it was so like amazing to try all these different flavors, you know, beer to me growing up was like hams or Schlitz (laughs) or PBR, you know, like in Nebraska or Bush light, you grew, you drink the piss water beer. Right. You know, if you're from especially my family, that's from like Grand Island, you know, like from the middle of nowhere. Like, but then, you know, getting out to Chicago and I'm sure it was like this for you in Denver, figuring out that beer has like a million different profiles. Oh, was mind blowing to me. It was just Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, who would have thought that this like fizzy alcoholic drink could just do so many different things? I I like ciders in particular. I'm not really a beer guy, but. Yeah. I love fruity beers, though, like where you can really like the almost where the beer is like a different color because yeah. of the fruit in it. Oh, I love that. You should That's, try some sours. I love sours, too. I was going to just say that. Yeah, there's nice. some great. If you're ever in Chicago, I should take you to the microbreweries in Milwaukee because those Ooh. make incredible sour beers. Like, nice. That's I don't know awesome. what it is, but 
<laughs> Milwaukee's got a pretty decent beer scene too, but yeah, Chicago I though, I mean, that. Goose Island is its own deal. They're expanding always. They're a big national brand now, but like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many. I can only imagine in Denver too. There's got to be just hundreds of different yeah. makers. Well, it was cool because I worked for a, I worked at a bar in New York that was a craft beer bar. Nice. And so a lot of stuff that I experienced there were actually Denver beers. And I was like, what in the world is interesting? So, cool? so then when I came back now, it's like when I see all these local beers, it's stuff that they also had imported to Mel's Burger Bar. Shout out um, in Manhattan, <laughs> which is really cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I would definitely say like one of the biggest things we do is instead of like going out to dinner, we'll go to breweries now. Yeah. Like as for like family outings and stuff. No, I do that with uh, Drew every Christmas. Nice. We'll go to the Zipline brew house and like nice. try their stuff. I love Zipline. Like, Zipline is really good. That's my favorite ne- Nebraskan brewery. And oh, it's so good. And you can buy it here, which is great. Whole Foods has it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like awesome. Of all the places. I'm like, I was at Whole Foods looking for mochi ice cream. And I walked by the liquor store and I was like, and I literally was like, oh my God, they have the chocolate (laughs) zipline. And I like, I, when I bought it, the cashier was like, are you from Nebraska? And I was like, yeah. He's like, only Nebraskans buy this. He's like, no one knows what it is except for Nebraskans. And there's, (laughs) I know they're Nebraskans because on the train during the football season, there are Husker flags everywhere. That's like, crazy. Hey, I'm like, okay, my Nebraska peeps, I see you. Like, <laughs> but no, I love that. I didn't even know Denver had like a burgeoning beer scene. I'm gonna have to oh, like yeah. scope that out the next time I'm there because I go. Yeah, they're everywhere. I've had brilliant Tex-Mex food in Denver. I don't know why in Denver, yeah, but I've always no found sense. it to be really good. Yeah, like mm-hmm. better than. I think we have a lot here. of like a lot of immigrants here. That sure. came here and they're like, we're just going to make our food. <laughs> sure. That's fair. Yeah. Just ate it up. Yeah. yeah. And there's like great places, even in the tourist cities too. Like Estes has a really good Tex-Mex place. And like, so does Colorado Springs. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know what it is. I always associate spicy Tex-Mex food with Colorado. That's crazy. Any Texan strange. is going to murder you. Oh, <laughs> Megan Garashi is going to stop listening. She's going to, I can feel her unsubscribing to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Texas. Sorry, so maybe, maybe it is true that it's better. I've never, ha- I've never been to Texas. So. Yeah. I will say if Nadia heard what you're saying, she would oh, be Nadia. I miss that girl <laughs> so much. Oh, she was my spirit animal. Oh, oh she's my killing God. it in New York. Oh, I know. Oh, man. I feel like I'm not killing it. I feel like I'm like the least successful of everyone. Like, no, not at all. You're doing great. You have your podcast. Are you kidding me? I love doing it. It's fun to research and it's really kind of reawoken the writer in me. And I don't know with music. It's so different because like my whole attitude changed about what I wanted to do with music. And it's not about Mm -hmm. if I break and I become known. Amazing. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome, but I'm not in it for that. I just want to make fun music that my friends yeah. and I can listen to. It's dancey. It's a good time. You know, I just want to do it. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, I found the freedom of the, of it being fun, which is so great. Cause there's no pressure on me now to be a pop star. It's like, I don't yeah. care if it happens. Cool. Of course I'll promote my music. Of course I want people to buy it, but 
you know, the the process is the fulfilling part now. Yeah. And, you know, also, I really want to work with other artists. And that's kind of what I'm doing more and more now is mm-hmm. backup singing and producing and lending songwriting rather than writing for myself. So who knows? I don't know. That avenue is just kind of like whatever happens, happens. It's just this business is so fickle. Like, oh, you yeah. know, you never know. And so mm-hmm. why not put my hands and feet in all the pools and try to do all the things? But Definitely, I don't know. Yeah. Podcasts, I'm such an avid consumer of them. Oh, like, my gosh. I am, too. My God. It's just I there's so many shows I listen to. And for it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Dylan wanted to do it more than I did. And oh, he nice. was really kind of the one responsible for that because he wanted to do the dog show. He'd been talking about that for almost a year before we actually started producing the show. Wow. He's That's like, awesome. you know, there's yeah, he's like, there's no show that talks about dogs. We should do a weekly show that covers a dog breed every week or something along those lines. I can't remember uh-huh. what his original pitch was. I think originally he wanted it to be like a YouTube show where we would like mm-hmm. watch dog videos and like react <laughs> yeah. to them, which I loved, but I'm like, I want there to be some like educational aspect because I like right. history podcasts. So mm-hmm. I was like, what if we talk about breeds? No one's doing that. Like no one's yeah. doing it the way we're doing it. And so I don't know that show. I love, I love because it's just and created this business. Basically it's a business. Yeah. So like I own Arcadia podcast network too, which is so weird. It's like, Oh, I'm a business owner. Like, you know, <laughs> just so grown up, but I don't know. It's, awesome. it's hopefully, you know, I like it. And I think the key thing, you know, is that was such a big hurdle for me kind of just as a creative person was realizing that I had to be in it for the joy of actually making it yeah, and producing it rather, rather than, the than pressure of doing it that and rather than the end product rather than looking for what's going to happen after this. Because right. I think for so long, you know, in theater, that's really how jobs are. It's what am I going to do after this? Because yeah. once you get your gig, you're set for that few months or however long your contract is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you got to do something else. So yeah. to me, it music, luckily, I, I managed to reverse that in my mind. It's like, no, I don't need to worry about becoming famous or having a mm-hmm. lot of money. If it happens, it happens. And it doesn't right. happen to everyone. And that's fine, you know. But at the yeah. same time, I hope that people like what I do. That's all I can ask yeah. for, is that people enjoy what I'm creating. And I, you know, yeah. and I I love all the projects that everyone does outside yeah. of, oh my God, it's so crazy to see like Maggie Smith's podcast, Camp Slasher. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I hate horror movies. <laughs> Yet I listened to that show. Like, I love horror hate movies. horror her movies. Her show's so fun. Her show is so f- that, but it's like great. It's like, oh my god, we have so many fucking talented friends. Like, mm-hmm. insane. But no, yeah. it's it's I, it's and it's, it's a nice feeling. It's like I, it's fun to be proud of everyone too, and really like yeah. see people come into their own and find themselves. Well, and everybody's find their doing art. their their own things. Like yeah. everybody's making themselves happy and you know, whatever way, which I think is, that's one thing that it took me a long time to come to terms with was, you know, I was living in New York and I I didn't know at the time that I was depressed and I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, you know, why am I not happy? What's going on? Like once you realize like, you know, it's about achieving happiness, not about achieving fame and success, like then your whole world changes. And like a lot of people that 
are still in New York have found their happiness there. I don't know, like many people didn't leave during the pandemic at all. And we're just no. there and like wrote it out and like, yeah, you know, everyone's just like, like, it doesn't matter what you're successful in. Like if you're happy in your life, that's yeah. where it's at. Cause like, if I would have just like pushed through and been like, no, I need to make New York happen. Like I wouldn't be a homeowner. I wouldn't be with the love of my life. Like I wouldn't have yeah. my second dog. Like, yeah. you know, things that you, it's just crazy. Exactly. And, you know, for me, it was so tough because when I moved here, you know, I had put so much pressure on myself to be successful Mm -hmm. because I had to not I felt I had to prove everyone wrong. I realized, though, that by doing it fast, I was still adhering to that idea of I'm only doing this quickly because there's some rush I'm in. And I don't know what rush that is. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that I'm in a rush because it ended up to me putting up music. I ended up rescinding because I it was so sloppy to me. It's like Mm -hmm. I didn't do the things I should have done. I didn't take the time I needed to take. And so, you know, Indigo was the first chance I had to really. I took three years to make Indigo Mm -hmm. the way it sits now. And even then I'm like, I would sing that different. I'd do that different. Of course. Of course. You know, every musician's crazy about their own shit. But like crazy (laughs) is in like a perfectionist, not crazy like enthused. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm very proud of that album. But to me, this next album, it's like my voice is different. My sound is a lot different now. So to me, it's like it's a constant exploration, too. It's not just singing. You know, now I get to take a lot of time to really like listen to so many different kinds of music that was the thing for me i think jazz was really the thing that re-inspired me to sing again because there's so much freedom in jazz there's so much you know just my voice fits jazz really well too because i have i can sing musical theater and that they kind of sit you know they're kissing cousins i feel (laughs) Especially when you yeah. get into like Ella Fitzgerald land where I like uh-huh. and Judy Garland, they're show tunes like, you oh, know, yeah, but, they're the same. <laughs> you know, but I love jazz. And to me, it's like, wow, OK, I could do music and not have to worry about ever being successful. Mm-hmm. It's just about the art. Be sure to tune in next Friday for part two. If you'd like to support this show. Don't forget to subscribe and please give the show a rating on your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at gfbf at arcadiapodcastnetwork.com. I hope you join me next week for another episode of Good Food for Bad Friends from the Arcadia Podcast Network. Did you know that all modern scent hounds are descendant of the bloodhound? Or that the Chihuahua's ancestor, the Tashiji dog, dates back to the Aztecs? Or that a border collie named Chaser knows 1,000 words? You know, the pit bull used to be considered America's dog and was our country's symbol in World War I. Did you know that you could learn all of these facts and more about dogs if you listen to our podcast, We're Getting a Dog? Each week, we go over a different breed's history and what it takes to own it. And we talk a little bit about why we love the breed and try to present each dog in a fair light. 
You can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network.